1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Yo, everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like GEICO is more than just a company that can save you money. GEICO also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. like Little Bo Peep. She lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Go, Geico! Expect great savings and a whole lot more.
1: You are locked on Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: R E L. Be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel
1: like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for rank Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. The Packers win 35-14 over the Chicago Bears, and yet it doesn't feel great. And the reason it doesn't feel great is because late in the second half, with the Bears down multiple scores and the Packers driving for another touchdown in a game that was basically over, Devontae Adams was being tackled by a host of Bears defenders well short of the goal line on third and goal. And Danny Trevathan comes in late and high and puts his helmet in the ear hole of Devontae Adams. It was complete garbage. Absolute Bush League trash garbage. It's the kind of dangerous play that could ruin the NFL. And I'm not joking. In a week when Boston University came out with a report saying it thought it could detect CTE in living humans at some point in the future, the near future. And in a, in a week where we were focused on all of the other ancillary pieces around the NFL, player safety remains the biggest impediment to the growth of the league. They have to suspend Danny Trevathan for this nonsense. Devontae Adams had to be taken off in a stretcher. He had to go to the hospital. We're talking about someone's brain, their livelihood, their ability to have cogent thoughts, to live their life. And the response from some of you has been, well, it's just football. No, it's more than that. It is his life. That is someone's son. If the NFL wants to do something, and I said this during the game, if the NFL wants to do something, anything about player safety and CTE, or at least just appear to do so, you have to get in this guy's wallet. And he can't be the only one. These kinds of dangerous hits aren't commonplace anymore, but they still happen and they have to stop. We know too much about brain injuries. We know too much about CTE and what this can do to someone's life. We can't accept it as fans. We can't accept it as media members. We can't accept it as a country when this is our biggest, most popular sport. This is garbage. And anyone defending the hit or the guy... Needs to reevaluate. I'm not saying that he's a bad person. I'm not saying he was trying to hurt Devontae Adams. What I'm saying is what he did was dangerous. It was scary and it was grotesque. He should be ashamed of what he did. He should have been kicked out of the game. And he shouldn't play next week, the week after, or for the foreseeable future. It's garbage. And it can't, there, there can be no place in our game for stuff like this. Cannot be in the game. If the game has any future, if it has any chance of surviving, this can't be in our game. Now I hope for everyone's sake that Devontae Adams is okay. Devontae's most of all. For his sake. I had to write the gamer for SB Nation. For the Acme Packing Company blog. It was hard for me to do that. Because the only thing I could think about. Was Devontae Adams. Was his family. Was watching. Knowing. And that his family, his friends were watching and not knowing if he was okay because of a completely avoidable and unacceptable hit by Danny Trevathan. Complete and utter garbage hit. Bush League trash nonsense. I'm trying not to curse. It can't be in the game. It can't be in the game. We can't allow it to be in our game. Now, we do have to talk about more than just one hit. And we should, because there is a lot to talk about. A lot of other things to talk about that will not make me so enraged. The Packers won this game easily, and it was over in the first quarter. On the first drive, the Packers go 10 plays, 75 yards, and score a touchdown. This is the third time in four games. The third straight game where the Packers have scored a touchdown on the opening drive. But they hadn't been able to sustain it, in part because the defense couldn't get stops. Well, what do the Packers do next play? Sack fumble, Mike Glennon. Clay Matthews becomes the all-time Packers sack leader. The Packers score a couple plays later. And this was beautiful. They fake the rub route. The rub route that gets called twice in Atlanta on awful calls. They fake it. The Bears defenders buy it. Hook, line, and sinker, they buy it. And the Packers have a wide-open touchdown. Randall Cobb is by himself in the end zone. It was beautiful. And it's 14 nothing. Couple drives later, haha. Clinton Dix gets Mike Glennon, who threw two picks in this game. Packers score again. It's twenty-one nothing. Before anyone knows what's happened, now there was a, a weird thing with the with a forty-seven minute rain delay, weather delay, and injuries galore. Other than just the Devonte Adams hit. Ty Montgomery leaves this game. We find out he's got broken ribs. He could play in a week and a half. But given the way Aaron Jones looked, I don't see why you have to rush him back. If you're the Packers, you can treat this season like the Warriors or the Cavs in the NBA. They won a game in convincing fashion against a a decent team, a not terrible garbage team, without their starting offensive tackles. They scored 35 points in a game without their starting offensive tackles, without their top four offensive tackles, without their starting corner And without their best defensive player. They can afford to rest Ty Montgomery. If they lose to Dallas next week, it's not the end of the world. And Aaron Jones looked solid. They have Devontae Mays, who who will almost certainly be active next week. Now, that's two rookies, and that's all they'll have. They may or may not sign someone in the interim but I think the Packers would be comfortable with just Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays, and Aaron Rukowski. That's probably enough against most teams. Will it be enough against Dallas? We can talk about that next week. But Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown, and he played with aggressiveness. He got downhill. He didn't always know quite where to go, but he's going there 100 miles an hour. He made a couple nice cuts. I liked what I saw. And he has versatility in the passing game that Jamal Williams doesn't. I told you before the season, in training camp and in the exhibition season, I didn't understand, and I still don't understand, why Jamal Williams was just the de facto number two running back. It seemed very strange to me. When Aaron Jones clearly had juice that Jamal Williams didn't, was it just about pass protection? Was this just a reaction to the fact that Ty Montgomery was was bad in pass protection? And so they thought, we have to get a running back who isn't? I watch Aaron Jones run, and I watch Jamal Williams run, and it seems clear to me Aaron Jones is is the more dynamic player. I think Mike McCarthy will have fun scheming up ways to get Aaron Jones the ball in space. The Packers' offense looked much better than it did in the first half of any game this season. The Packers were up 21-7 at halftime in this game. They were down 21-7 at halftime to the Bengals. They hadn't scored against Seattle. And the reasons were twofold. Number one, the offense moved the ball on the first drive. But number two, the Packers' defense created turnovers. Three of them in the first half. Two Glennon fumbles, although one was Glennon-created, not defense-created. And an interception against a team like the Bears that's so offensively limited to create those extra possessions to give your offense more opportunities to score. It's critical. And the Packers did it. They did everything they needed to do in this game to win and to get out of there. The Ty Montgomery injury hurts, and obviously, the Devontae Adams injury is a killer, especially on a play with the game out of reach on a play that is totally and 100% avoidable. Green Bay is in good position now moving forward. Brian Bulaga and David Bakhtiari practiced two days this week, limited. You would think with a week and a half to prepare for Dallas, that would be enough time to get them somewhere near 100%. If they have their full complement of offensive linemen, Mike Daniels can come back. This is going to be a really good team. Because I think the front seven showed tonight against a team that had to run the ball and was capable of running the ball. The Steelers knew that they were going to run the ball and they couldn't stop Chicago from running it. The Packers knew the Bears were going to run the ball, and they were able to stop the Bears from running it. Jordan Howard, 18, carries 53 yards. That's 2.9 a pop. It wasn't until a couple nice runs in the second half from Benny Cunningham that those numbers even looked respectable. Tariq Cohn and Jordan Howard combined for fewer than 40 yards in the first half on 16 touches. Packers did an excellent job of forcing the Bears to to do things they didn't want to do, which was throw the ball, and Glennon did what happens when when he has to throw the ball. He throws it to the wrong team. So this was this was an offensive game plan perfectly executed and a defense stepping up. Now this is the healthy the healthiest the defense has been since the first week. Given that context, those are two really impressive games from the Packers' defense. That gives us a glimpse at what this team could be moving forward. We need to know the injury situations. But if Mike Daniels, David Bakhtiari, and Brian Bulaga can play against the Cowboys, why can't they beat Dallas? It's not like Dallas has looked like they did last year. They haven't. Now again, it is hard to feel great about this win given some of the circumstances from it. But taking the Devontae Adams play aside... This was easily the best the Packers have looked this year on both sides of the ball. Aaron Rodgers, 18 for 26 for 179 and four touchdowns. It's a 128 quarterback rating. It only wasn't more yards because he didn't have to take longer fields. The Packers set him up with good field position and he took advantage. Jordy Nelson's best game of the season, four catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Randall Cobb gets into the act, four catches, 44 yards and a score four catches on four targets. I want to remind you about the Pro Football Focus giveaway that we're doing. All you have to do is go to the go to the podcast page on iTunes, leave your name, a review and your Twitter handle, and once a week we're going to pick someone to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's player grades, data, snap counts, fantasy football, all sorts of information for you to use, information at your disposal. It's a $40 value and you could have it just for putting your name in a review. It's easy. Please do it. Something you may not have noticed watching the game. Demarius Randall got the hook. After he gave up the late touchdown in the first half to Kendall Wright, where he let Kendall Wright just run straight up away from him, Josh Hawkins played almost the entire second half opposite Kevin King and played well. Had a number of pass breakups, tackled well in the open field. I think. That's something that could continue moving forward. Devon House comes back. You have Kevin King opposite him and Josh Hawkins as your third corner. He is the best suited corner of the guys on the roster to play in the slot. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit better foot speed, foot quickness, and he has deep speed. That makes sense for this team. Now it's disappointing that Randall can't seem to get his act together. That's for sure. Quentin Rollins already been summarily benched. Josh Hawkins comes in, in the second half. He has five tackles and three passes defended. They went after him and he acquitted himself. Now one thing I think they're going to have to change. The Packers did go more base. I, I wondered aloud if this was going to happen. If they were going to play their base again is nickel. It's two linebackers versus just one and and a safety. Their nitro package. But when they did go to that base with Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez, both of whom I thought played well in this game, instead of having Jones play the other safety role, they left Bryce in the game. Now Bryce did have a pick in the second half, but, but I think Josh Jones is too talented, too versatile, and too good to be taken off the field. The Packers need to find a way to make that work. They need to find a way to, to be able to play base because they're going to have to do it against Dallas. Now, Morgan Burnett is is firmly entrenched as the slot corner on this team. So maybe it matters less about Josh Hawkins being the nickel because it looks like Burnett is going to be the third corner. Hawkins is basically the de facto second outside corner right now after Kevin King with Devon House still injured. When House comes back, you expect it'll be him and King and then Burnett in the slot, the nickel corner. And that would be disappointing if, if Randall becomes a, basically a write off because Randall and Rollins would be write offs in the same season. It, it's been fully decided now Rollins is just not an NFL corner. He's maybe a special teams player. I, I had hoped for Randall, and maybe I still do, but it's not looking good. Those are really the only downsides in the non Devontae Adams category. The Montgomery injury hurts, but it happens. I think the Packers wanted to see what these rookies had, and maybe if they had if they had lightened the load of Montgomery a little bit before this, maybe this doesn't happen. I think it's hard to make the case that that's true. Injuries happen. That's why you draft two running backs. And so now Aaron Jones and Devontae Mays are going to get a chance to show what they have. And if this offensive line is healthy, and we we haven't even talked about that. Isn't that crazy? 19 minutes into the show, I haven't even mentioned the offensive line that played without its two offensive tackles, or at least I haven't mentioned how the Packers actually handled the offensive line. They did what Rob Domofsky suggested they might do. Lane Taylor played left tackle. Lucas Patrick played left guard. And Justin McRae played, played right tackle. I joked on Twitter yesterday that Every time I say Justin McRae's name, I have to Google it first to make sure I'm saying the right name. So I was just going to start calling him Google McRae. I may still do that. The next time I forget it, which is probably going to be the next time I have to say it, maybe I'll go with Google. I may have to Google it just to make sure Justin is right. Justin's right. But the offensive line only allowed two sacks, both in the first half, and one was a coverage sack. Rogers escaped the pocket, and Leonard Floyd just chased him down. Mike McCarthy's game plan offensively was brilliant, and it was executed to perfection. First three plays, they come out, run-time Montgomery, three straight times, first down. That takes the pressure off those, those first-time starters like Lucas Patrick and those young offensive linemen who have never been in this position before. It makes everything so much easier, and it makes the defense Worry about the run game. They got a 26-yarder on on third and one to Martellus Bennett off play action because the run game had worked. Inexperienced offensive linemen, the best way to get them going is to get them into the game with some run blocking. It is much easier to be aggressive than receptive for an offensive lineman. They want to run block. They want to move people. They want to road grade. So let them do it, and McCarthy did it. They used a lot of two tight ends. But they did go empty. They went four wide receivers. And the great thing about this offense is Geronimo Allison, who has a great game last week, does nothing this week. It doesn't matter. Because they have Jordy Nelson. Because they have Randall Cobb. They have other guys. And maybe next week they need Trevor Davis to play. If Devontae Adams, it can't go and i don't think we should hold our collective breath on that i hope he's okay that's what i hope for there will be a show monday it won't be a recap show obviously but i'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about maybe i'll have cooled down by then when it comes to the danny trevathan hit probably not i couldn't even i couldn't even tweet during the game packers on the on the next play after the penalty was enforced. They they threw a beautiful touchdown pass to Jordy Nelson, and I was just too too upset. I was too mad about what had happened. It's just it was garbage, and I I can think of other words for it, but I can't say them on this podcast. This is our fifth Locked On Packers of the week. It's a long week, but we made it. We're gonna be back on Monday for more. Enjoy the games this weekend and as always stay locked on pack
0: list. the list.